Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion, here, joined today by a very special guest. He is former South Sydney Rabbitohs winger and current host of the Rabbitohs radio podcast, or co-host, I should say, Steve Maven. How are you today, Steve? G'day, Oliver. I'm well, thanks. Yeah, well, you you bleed uh, green and myrtle, don't you? You know, you're still involved with the club today, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Um, have you been a Rabbitohs supporter all your life is the first thing I want to ask. Yes, since the day I was born. I was born in Botany, in the heartland of Rabbitohs territory, and both my parents are Rabbitohs, my brother's a Rabbitoh, and yeah, playing in the South Juniors and just always followed. The Bunnies didn't know anything else, and yeah, I do bleed red and green. If you were to cut me, it would come out that, those colours, I think. Yeah, well, the listeners obviously won't be able to see, but you are sporting a, a Rabbitohs polo as we speak here today there we go there's the logo um yep. well first of all uh, coming through the grades you said you were a Rabbitohs junior um did you spend any time going through your junior grades anywhere else or were you always in that South Sydney system always in the South system yeah so started off in the Harold Matthews fruited the SG ball Jersey flag and then from Jersey flag up into under 23s reserve grade and then into the first grade so i just made that progression through all the grades and the only time i left was when south released us in after the end of 1990 and ended up at the bulldogs for a year in 91 yeah and then back to the bull uh, back to the south in 92. yeah well i will uh, look to touch on that a bit later with you but first of all 1987 your debut year you played a fair amount of games. I believe it was 26 games, the most games you'd play in any singular season in your career. Um, why were you able to come straight into that first grade squad in 1987 and become that, a consistent first grade player? Oh, I don't know. I was lucky enough to find my way into the team from round one. I was 19 years old and fit and ready to go. And I think I played in a few trials in the 87 before the 87 season and went okay, scored a few tries. So I ended up in the centres in 87 and played every game that year. And, yeah, until we got eliminated from the finals by the Raiders in 87. So I think I played every game in 89 as well. So I was lucky enough to stay relatively fit for most of my career. Yeah, well, you do yeah. bring up that game against the Canberra Raiders. I don't want to go into it. I can see you already reacting. Look, you have probably spoken about this game more times than I've had hot dinners, and I've had a fair few hot dinners in my time. So, you, look, I won't necessarily ask you about uh, that experience in that game against the Raiders and what you went through, but I guess I want to ask, what's it like being asked about that game, I guess, consistently um, whenever people speak to you, I guess, or whenever you're interviewed? Um, is it a, a negative feeling you get? Do you still get that or do you sort of just see it as a, a story that's happened in the life of Steve Maven? Well, yeah, it's no good holding on to any re resentment about it or so I've moved on. It's okay to talk about it. You know, yeah. it is what it is. I'm remembered for it. It was a disastrous day and, yeah, but I'm okay to talk about it. It's just part of my story now and, you know, I was lucky enough to play 101 first-grade games, and that was just one of them. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I, there was a lot of highlights, you know, 26 tries and, you know, playing alongside some of the greats like, you know, 
Les Davidson and Ian Roberts and Phil Blake and, and at the Bulldogs alongside Terry Lamb and you know, Ewan McGrady, some great players and some great memories of footy. And yes, I'm remembered for that day, but it's okay to talk about it. I was only 19 years old. I was a very young guy, very inexperienced and you know, I'm 53 now. So I look back as that as I was only a young kid. Yeah. I'm younger than when younger than what my daughters are now. They're 23 and 25. So and they still seem pretty young to me. So Yeah, mate. Well, I'm only yeah. 21, I guess. So um, I guess just sort of thinking, you know, while you're talking about being remembered for that day or for that game, you know, you would still go on to play pretty much the rest of your career. That was the first season still. So it's not like that was the end of the story of Steve Maven, and I guess as well, and we will get onto it, but your legacy at South Sydney might be a bit of a different one now with the Rabbitohs Radio podcast, right? You know, that's a that, that's a new era for you and the generation coming through of South Sydney supporters who listen to the podcast, it's obviously a fairly new medium with a lot of the younger generation listening to it. They're going to remember Steve Maven, uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs radio podcast host, maybe over um, that day in 1987. But look, we'll move on from 87 now. Um, 88, 89, um, 89 was the big one for South Sydney, minor premiers. I believe you guys lost two regular season games all year. That's one of the best records in Australian rugby league history. Um, one of the only teams to surpass it were the Penrith Panthers last year, although it was a shortened season. So um, it can be argued that you guys still still hold that record over them, I guess. But just take us through the 1989 season. What was different about 89 to every other year you play in your, played in your career from playing games to training to preparing for the season? You know, what was different? Why were you guys able to play at such a high level and win the minor premiership? Well, I just think everything came together that year. We had some, some new talent come into the team and and we'd been together for a couple of years and, yeah, we just clicked. I think we were fit too. Bobby Ginman had us flying at training and, we just got that roll on as well. We just started winning games. Our defence was pretty solid and we just kept that winning feeling going and and it just kept generating more success. Uh, we we won every away game that year. That was unheard of. And then we were minor premiers by five points. So that's just a little bit of a sour taste that we had two chances to make the grand final that year. We were beaten by the Tigers and then the Raiders and then they played in that famous grand final where went into extra time and Steve Jackson scored that try to win the game. So it was, you know, it's, it's a bit of a sour taste the way it ended. It was a great year for us, great memories, but I think we beat both of those sides during that year. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. just goes to show that on our day, we could have won that competition. Is it a silver lining in a way that the two teams you were beaten by in that final series were the two grand finalists and that the team that actually eliminated you guys did go on to win the grand final. Considering you guys had had such a strong season, if you were eliminated, let's say, maybe by Balmain, who didn't go on to win the premiership, um, would, have it, would have it been a bit a bit more that bit more sour? You know, at, at least you guys know that you were beaten by the team who got it done in the end. Yeah, it probably does a bit. And the Raiders were the, the beginning of the Green Machine era. They yeah. knocked us out in 87 and they lost to Manly. And then 89 was their first comp. And 
they went on this era of building this dynasty of great players. Your Mal Meningas, Gary Belchers, um, Gary Coins, some of the great Steve Walters, Peter Jackson. So, yeah, like, they were a great team. But that that year, we were probably as good as, as, good as them, if not better. So it's just a shame we didn't get it done. Like yeah. I'm all out again, if possible, but this unfortunately that's not going to happen. Yeah, um, 1990, you guys wouldn't be able to reach uh, the same heights. Let's say uh, I believe you guys actually finished last on the ladder from mm. 89 to 90. How did like how does that happen? You know, like what happened there? Yeah, it's a fair letdown, isn't it? Minor yeah. premiers by five points to the wooden spoon, only winning I think it was two or three games. So. I don't know. We lost a couple of players. It was quite deflating to pick ourselves up after that. We lost the great Ian Roberts, who was a fantastic player. Although we spent a fair bit of time on the sidelines in 89, so we can't really blame him altogether. And, yeah, it's hard to put your finger on it. I don't know. Being there in both years, I, I, I could, we, was, we still were doing our best. We still yeah. had pride in the jersey, but things just things just went bad for us and we couldn't stop it. So... You know, as I said, we had that role on that winning role, and we just we just kept losing games. And I think a few of those were quite close games. Quite a lot of them were only a try in it, but yeah, uh, our record might have been a lot better if we had got a few of those. But in the end, it was it was a shocker, and yeah, it was it was sort of dark days for the Rabbitohs. Then leading into that, you know, a few a few years later, we we got the boot from the comp. So yeah, some some terrible times there for the Bunnies. Some years that. Supporters would want to forget, yeah. But as we all know, we got through those dark times, and now we've tasted a lot more success. Yeah, well, nineteen ninety one, you as you said, you'd go to the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. You guys had actually uh, finished tied on points, fifth and sixth, with the Western Suburbs Magpies, I believe, and participate in sort of a play in to the playoffs. I guess you could say play into the final series. So, uh, look, a lot more success than you had with South Sydney in 1990. How was your year at Canterbury-Bankstown? Yeah, well, it was a great year. We I got to play with Terry Lamb, like I said, and Mooding Bar, and, you know, he's one of – he had an aura about him. He was just one of these great players, and back then he his knees were sort of shot. He couldn't train during the week, but he'd go out on the weekend and he'd just play his ass off and carve him up and – and we had a lot of talent there, Darren and Jason Smith, Simon Gillies, um, Jared McCracken. That was his first year. Craig Polamana was coming through. Yeah, um, so, yeah, they had some great talent. And then, you know, I, was, I started off in second grade that year, forced my way into the team and played quite a bit of first grade that year. But then, you know, ended up in second grade again, I think, from memory. But, yeah, they had the makings of a great squad. And uh, Steve Folks was there too. And they ended up winning the grand final in 95. Yeah. So, only yeah. talking to Darren Brown, my co-host, the other day, that you know, only jokingly said that we helped them on the path to success there. But uh, the Bulldogs are a great organisation, and you know, still got a soft spot for them now. Yeah, well, after being released by yeah, well, South Sydney at the end of 1990, um, you would return to the club in 1992 for, I guess, a, a little bit of a, a swan song. What was that final year like in 92? Well, it was a bit of a disaster, really. I broke my leg in round one and. That was the last game of first grade I ever played, unfortunately. So I was I started on the wing, ran from dummy half against the Eels at Parramatta Stadium. And Brett Kenny at that stage had moved to lock. And he just saw me dart from 
dummy half and just uh, chopped me down in, in a legitimate tackle and I just broke the top of the tibia bone on the joint of the knee and that was it. That was my season done. And you now it never came good and I'd had another operation to scrape the surface, the surface of the bone, but unfortunately, yeah, maybe these days with rehab and all of that, yeah. probably should have, probably, you know, but it didn't happen. And you now I started out in grade when I was 18 and I was only in my mid-20s when this happened, but yeah, I just I maybe lost my, lost my way a bit, lost my motivation and didn't come back. So following your retirement then due to injury, how how did you cope? How what what was the aftermath? I guess how did you where did you go with your life? I guess I want to ask. Yeah, well, uh, oh, I got married, had a family, got two daughters, and I worked a lot of different jobs. I played a bit of football too. I played for Ride Eastwood for a while, and then tried to sort of come back with the Dragons and the Knights, but that just didn't happen. And played a little bit of A grade and with more Park, and so, but yeah, that. That didn't last. Um, yeah, and then I, I started my own business and became a tree surgeon. So I still do a little bit of that now, but now I'm a wharfie, so not much. But yeah, and uh, I played a bit of Oztag. We got back together with a few of the old teammates and that was quite enjoyable. But the uh, last Oztag game I played was the grand final uh, last year and I got an injury to every limb and every and both legs. And I said, no, nah, no more. I'm done playing anymore footy so now i'll just uh report on it for the bunnies yeah nice well 99 well i guess the end of 99 till early 2002 south sydney are, are no longer in the national rugby league competition what was that like for you as a diehard south sydney fan mm. well when I stopped playing footy it's funny I, I lost a bit of interest in the game to tell you the truth so there's a whole era there of Rabbitohs games that I don't remember. Yeah. And yeah. because I was a young bloke and perhaps a bit disillusioned with it all, played football my whole life since I was three years old. And then when I was finished, I sort of couldn't be bothered. I was buggered with it. But then when South got eliminated from the comp, it's like the old saying, you don't realise how much you love something until it's taken away from you. And Yeah. And yeah. that's when I got involved with the fight back and marched in George Street and got involved with some of the club stuff. We went to a few of the country areas and did some stuff on the footy show. And so I really got my passion back from then. And and it was sort of good because when we got back into the comp, then, my, you know, my, my interest had been reignited. And, yeah, I've been a avid follower of the club since and followed right from the, the time we got back in. And then there was the yes-no vote and when Russell Crowe took over and just seeing us go from – coming back into the comp and getting a few wooden spoons and, you know, all of us long-suffering South supporters. And, you know, we hadn't won a comp since 71 and it was always we're getting bagged and just finally see us sign some good players and then this this rise to the to the final crescent of 2014 when we won the comp. It was quite an enjoyable progress. To, and now to see us as like one of the powerhouses of the NRL, we've got this brand that sponsors want to be associated with. And yeah, so it was. It's it's quite good to to be a bunny supporter these days, and to finally get that premiership in two thousand and fourteen, and silence all the people saying that we hadn't won since. You know, there was black and white telly and all that. That was quite satisfying. Yeah, well, it was yeah, certainly well, a journey. 
the Rabbitohs Radio podcast I want to get onto now. How did that all come about and how did you jump on board there? Well, our co-host Grant Chappell, we all work together on the waterfront and he listens to a few podcasts. He's an NFL fan and so am I. And he had the idea of starting a podcast. We talked about it a few times and he said, look, we should do this because podcasting is getting much more popular, digital media, on-demand streaming services, all that. And then we finally thought, okay, let's just do it. And then Darren Brown, who works with us as well, came on board. And yeah, we thought, well, if we don't start it, someone else will. So we started Rabbitohs Radio Podcast. We've absolutely no idea. We just recorded the the show on my mobile phone. And we've just learned along the way how to, what to do right, what to do wrong. It's been a steep learning curve, but it's been an enjoyable process. And we've progressed to being able to produce a sound that's good quality. And we've learned how to interview guests and we've spoken to some some of the greats, Bob McCarthy, Ron Coote. We've had Latrell Mitchell on, Adam Reynolds, and a few fans as well. So we like to get anyone on and tell their stories. And yeah, we've built some loyal listeners. We've converted some people that didn't listen to podcasts into podcast listeners. And that's really satisfactory that, you know, it's satisfying, I meant to say, that people tell us they now love the show and they can't wait for the next episode to come out. And yeah, so we try and make a good, a good show, entertaining. We feature former Rabbitohs on there. We tell their story. And we always try and get an interview of that, that's an interesting chat. Find a, out a bit about the person, not just about their football, a bit about their life, what they like to do. And we just like the fact that people are listening and enjoying it. Well, you guys have certainly got a bit of a fan base. Uh, I saw the other night after the Roosters game, you guys hosted a function um, at ANZ Stadium and you guys had a, a fair few fans show up to that. What was that like? Yeah, well, it's opened a few doors for us. So it's not just the podcast. We've got quite a big reach across our socials, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We've got a YouTube channel and our TikTok has just hit over a million views, so we're getting a lot of views there. And then just getting some credibility with the Rabbitohs. We're on the Rabbitohs podcast network now, and there's a, a group of shows that all come through there. You can download us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. little plug there for the show. No, <laughs> but, um, yeah. And just the, the presenting stuff, we're presenting those after-game shows now to the members, and it's quite funny. That was the first one the other night, and it, w- it went a bit late because in our game, if you remember, there was a few injuries, and it was planned to start at 9.30. It didn't start until quarter past 10. So after the game, I'm standing there, and th- there wasn't a lot of people there, and I thought, oh, you know, it's the members' lounge. A lot of people want to go home. But then as we started the show, the place just was packed. And what happens is the borough, they make their way across, and I didn't know this. They always go uh-huh. there. And, that, and the place was full of all the borough members. And I said to one of the borough members after, I said, oh, thanks for coming over. And I appreciate that. He goes, no, no we always come over. I said, oh, that's good. So we've got this ready-made audience. And they're, the, they're our core listeners and fans. And they're all members of the club. So they're all, they're all listening. And we gave away a prize. And then we got Charlie Rabbit up on the stage. And we had the kids up there singing. So it was quite an enjoyable night. And if we can do a bit of presenting, it's good to learn yeah. to speak in front of a crowd. And then, you know, if we can do some corporate stuff as a group or individually, then that's just uh, more fun as well. So you guys will be doing this after every home game, I believe, for the rest of the season? Yep, yep. We've got another five or six planned. Yeah, so okay. it might be this week because it's the Bulldogs home game at ANZ and then 
not the Thursday night one. So there's a Thursday night Broncos game. So our, our next one will be at the Tigers game on Saturday, the 17th of April. Yeah. And this time it's a 5.30 kickoff. So it might be a bit better. Some of the people, more people might want to hang around a bit and, you know, let the traffic die down, come watch our show and might, you might win a prize. We gave away the game ball the other night signed by both the captains and it was quite funny that we had a, who am I question, all these, you know, born in 1980 from Auburn and then all these other questions and it's, and I said, okay, born in 1980 from Auburn, who knows it? And thinking I was only joking, thinking no one would know it and one of the borough members said, yep, Michael Crocker, <laughs> straight away. So I still don't know how he knows, whether he's from Auburn or he's just a big Michael Crocker fan, he knows he was born in 1980 from Auburn but now we all know. I wanted to make it a bit harder, a bit harder, maybe a bit more obscure. The first couple of questions. <laughs> I don't know how you can make that more obscure. I mean, I wouldn't have got it, but um... nah, nah. But we have we have got some loyal fans at at South, and they they know their history, and and so they should because we're the pride of the league. Yeah, well, especially those in the borough who I guess will be regular uh, attendees at your shows from now on. So mm. let, let me get this straight. The show is open to the Rabbitohs members who attend the games? That's right. That's so right, there's, a members, yeah, there's a members lounge at the ANZ Stadium, so it's for members only. But, you know, Rabbitohs membership starts at, I think, about $100 for just a, a, a non-ticketed member. And then it goes through to like a couple of grand for the 1908 membership. So there's a lot of membership packages that are affordable for everyone. And that's quite a good space up there in that members lounge. It's great viewing of the game and there's premium beverages and food and all that. So yeah, it's, it is for members only, but you know, we've got nearly 30,000 members. So if they all decided to come on one night, we wouldn't get them all in there, but no, that, that, I don't think it's going to happen. So it's all good. You'd have to start hosting it on the field and, I don't know, corner off a section of the of ANZ yeah. Stadium to put, put them all yeah. in there. Well, you know, if we get more popular, we'll start doing stadium shows or something that, you know, <laughs> that, that's a possibility. But at this stage, just a small group of core fans and we're happy to do that. Well, to the South Sydney Rabbitohs members who might be listening out there and haven't heard of it, make sure you get down after the Tigers game if you plan on attending. I know I, I personally know a couple of people who are Rabbitohs fans, so I'll be checking in with them to make sure yeah. that they that they do know about this. Um, look, there's nothing really I wanted to add. No more questions from me today. Is there anything you wanted to talk about or maybe give a further plug to the Rabbitohs radio network before we jump off today? Yeah, well, just if you haven't heard our show, have a listen. We also talk about NRL news and there's a lot of rugby league stories there as well. So you don't have to necessarily be a Rabbitohs fan to listen to our show. You can go back and listen to our old episodes and, and check us out. I think you might enjoy what we do. But um, what about your show, mate? I haven't heard much about yours. How long have you been doing yours for? Oh, mate, well, my stories are a bit crazy and wild i guess you could say because i do a number of podcasts this one's for my baby rugby league in my opinion um which i started when i was 17 in high school an aspiring rugby league journalist so i've been running that page since then um i actually also work um as a writer for a rugby league website currently um and i was interviewing players over there but some of my colleagues started um interviewing some players too and i thought they were doing really good so i thought i'd i'd shift things over to the the podcast over here um and i'm also a co-host on a, a couple other 
sort of NRL review shows as well. But um, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing at the moment and I, I actually look forward um, to hearing from you guys a fair bit more in the future. Cool. Well, I think we we're going to touch on the Rabbitohs this year and obviously there's high hopes for the side. Yeah. Um, if we can keep this squad healthy, I think we'll go a long way in this competition. Our left side, as you've seen, it's deadly and you know, they're almost unstoppable when they spread the ball there. And our forward pack is going sensational too. You know, you've got Jaden Sewer on one side and Kian Kalamatungi on the other. And I think Jai Arrow coming in adds just that extra dimension. Him off the bench just gives us that go forward and he's an elusive guy. And, and you know, you throw Benji in the mix who has just yeah. filled a couple of different roles. First week he come on and pl- played that link role and then I think Renault copped the knock so he come on at half. And so we, we're covering a few bases there and we've got guys like Mark Nichols that have just come to see us and they've gone to another level. So I think, you know, the Wayne Bennett factor and they've got a lot of confidence, a lot of skill in the team. And they're a happy group too. We've spoken to quite a few of them on the show. We had Paddy Mago on last yep. week and he was good. And he just talks about them. You know, his group of boys are all great mates with the other groups of boys and they just all blend in and there's no, you know, there's, everyone's treated equally and they're a happy group. So if they can stay fit and healthy and they're going to be hard to stop in 2021. Yeah, well, I interviewed Cole Bentley last week, and surprise, surprise, he's tipped to win the premiership with the Penrith Panthers. Funnily enough, he said they're either going to meet the Raiders or the Rabbitohs in the grand final. So can I confidently assume that your tip to win the competition this year is the South Sydney Rabbitohs? Yeah, well, I'm not going to say anyone else. But, yeah, look, the Panthers are a good side. Um, Having said that, if we didn't lose Luttrell last year and Maybe Campbell Graham in the centres. We might have had a, been a chance of winning that game. Um, now, we're, like I said, we've added some quality talent this year, so we've perhaps gone to that next level. And it's all all the planets are aligning with Wayne Bennett's last year. And just, yeah, I think the Rabbitohs to win it in 2021, but you got your size like your Panthers and the Storm, who are still going to be hard to beat. And, yeah. you know, even though the Roots have had a big setback, They'll still be competitive and sides like the Raiders as well, but hard to go past the mighty red and green, the Cardinal and the Myrtle. Card, card, didn't roll off the tongue there. Cardinal and Myrtle. Who are they going to beat in the grand they- final? Last question might be a bit harder than the premiership winner. Mm, yeah, all right. I'm going to I'm going to go with the Chocolate Soldiers, the former Chocolate Soldiers, the, the Penrith Pampers. You might be a bit younger, remember that, but <laughs> they oh, used to man. wear brown. My dad's a Penrith support. My dad used to play under 23s for Penrith in the 80s. So uh, I know a little bit about the Chocolate Soldiers. What They were still before my time, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So I think um, that, that kid that came on and played when um, when um, their halfback was injured, he, he's a good player as well. And there's been a bit of conjecture. They they wanted to release him and he, and they, and he, and he played and he, he played well. So yeah, they. Um, and they just got up right at the death there. So, yeah, they're going to be hard to beat. They've got a lot of talent across the board and they're a good organisation too. I know my co-host Darren Brown played there. He actually captained the, the Penrith Panthers and, you know, a bit of a soft spot for them. We like them a bit more than we like the Roosters anyway or, you know, maybe Manly or the Dragons. So, yeah, if it's anyone, I'd like to play them. But unfortunately, I think we'll, we can beat them if we get there in the GF. 
there we go. So two weeks in a row, two grand final predictions that have had something to do with the Panthers and the Rabbitohs in them. Uh, one person tipping the Panthers to win, the other tipping the Rabbitohs. Understandably, of course, with your guys' histories with your respective clubs. Well, Steve, thank you so much for jumping on today. And I want to thank everyone at home for listening. Before we head off, a quick word from our sponsor, Champ. Well, guys, I'm here with Jem from Champ Mouthguards. How are we today, Jem? Good, mate. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Uh, well, thanks for jumping on board and sponsoring Rugby League, in my opinion. Look, first of all, I wanted to ask, how did this all start? Uh, how did Champ Mouthguards uh, start in the beginning? What was, I guess, the idea behind it and how has it gotten to where it is today? Yeah, it's a good question, mate. It's quite funny. Um, most businesses, I guess, start from something small. And I guess you just look at... Uh, um, how Apple was created out of a garage and to where Apple is now. And it's a similar story, to be honest with you. Um, there's two directors in Champ Mouthguards, myself and my business partner, Urson. Uh, my background was in rugby league as well. I was a player and a coach as well. I actually um, was fortunate enough to get involved in the representative coaching at South Sydney Rabbitohs. Okay, um, nice. Yeah. I was assistant coach under Willie Peters, um, Arthur Katinas, who was an ex-first grade coach with South. Um, as well as uh, Matt King as well. Um, yeah, so I was kind of fortunate enough to be around these kids that are now playing first grade, which is great to see. Um, and then basically my business partner had the dental background, so he owns a dental surgery and his father owns a laboratory as well, so it's in their blood, um, the dental scene. So we just basically put both heads together. We use my network and his skills and his qualifications, and that's how it started. Yeah, nice. I believe you guys are actually partnered with the West Tigers and St. George Illawarra Dragons as their official mouth guard. Uh, how did that come to be? Mate, um, it's just um, going out there and, and basically explaining who we are, what we're all about. Um, Josh Atherton at the West Tigers was a great believer in, in what we had to offer. Um, apart from just making mouth guards, we also love to give back to the community and that's how we started uh, really well at the early stages. So um, in the South Sydney district, a lot of the grassroots clubs I had an affiliation with, uh, whether it be me as a player or, um, you know, just in the community itself. So I had an understanding of what these guys needed in terms of raising funds to give back. So um, we had that sort of model that we pitched the West Tigers that we'd love to give back to the community and that's what they're all about. So they had a bit of belief in us and that's where the opportunity come from. Yeah. Uh, how about the Dragons? So the Dragons basically uh, was just an opportunity that I seen. I had a, uh, a chat with one of the other players um, who's a brand ambassador of ours, um, Jess Sergis. Um, Jess Sergis, as you know, plays with the women's at the Dragons and her boyfriend's with Lomax as well. Um, we did uh, Zach Lomax's mouth guard. He loved it. And um, it was just an opportunity through that basically that got us in the door. Jem, why should players or parents of players out there be opting to go with champ mouthguards uh, over other competitors? That's a good question. Um, there's two types of mouthguards, as we know. You, it's the boil and bite that you get from, say, Rebel or from the chemist. Uh, most of the time, the kids or even adults tend to just leave them in their sock because it's not comfortable. Um, so it's important to get a custom-made mouthguard. That's something that I, I like to push to a lot of the parents or, or players out there who have never had one before. 
Um, and the reason why I would suggest you come to Champ Mouthguards is because we actually specialise in making mouthguards particular to your sport. So um, whereas a dentist might give you over protection, overkill, and it's going to be too thick in your mouth and you're not going to be able to breathe, yes, your teeth will be protected, but it's not really practical. So our mouthguards are practical. They protect you and allows you to breathe and make sure that you're still being able to perform at your, your peak performance. Yeah, so I guess you could say protection and comfort, and that's what gets champ mouth guards over the line uh, over your competitors. Yeah, one little extra thing as well. I'm not sure if anybody's jumped on our website, but we've got a cool 3D customizer. So you can actually jump on our website, and uh, it's the first one in the world, actually, um, in terms of the mouth guard 3D customizer. You can actually see what your mouth guard's going to look like before you actually purchase it. And there's a whole heap of graphics that you can choose from our builder. Um, or you can upload from your own camera roll or any image off your phone and customise it to your liking as well. Yeah, well, I've certainly had to play around with it and made a rugby league, in my opinion, mouth guard. I'll have to start playing sport again so I can actually rep it. Um, uh, but I'm proud to announce that we've actually got a discount code uh, with Champ Mouthguards, 10% off if you use the discount code RILIMO, that's R-L-I-M-O-10. So RILIMO10, R-L-I-M-O-10, 10% off your purchase at Champ Mouthguards. Jem, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it.